0: Hello, this is Leela Vis, and welcome to Key Ideas. Piano teaching doesn’t come bundled with ready-made solutions. This podcast highlights some brilliant options for innovative piano teachers just like you. Today, I share this spotlight episode with my longtime dear friend Laura De Groot. We've known each other since grade school days and lived in the same wing of the dorm our freshman year of college. Life took us separate ways until our husbands stumbled across each other at their workplace here in Colorado. For years, our families enjoyed gourmet home-cooked meals as we compared stories of parenting. Their twin girls were born a month before our oldest son. They left Colorado, moved to Florida, where they spoiled our son Carter while he attended college just down the road. Now they've made a home in Michigan near their lovely daughters, and yet they come to Colorado to visit family and make a point of stopping by our home when they get the chance. As we've connected throughout the decades, Laura and I compare notes about our kids, about our life, and our grief. She's had her share of losses, including newborn triplets. We also dive into the struggles to grow a business designed around our passions. Laura has lived with both significant loss and abundant blessing and turned her story into a motivational speaking business called The Caffeinated Woman. You'll hear why it's called that during this podcast. After years of work, patience, and coffee, Laura self published her first book called Live Wide Awake. This past March, her plans for a book tour were derailed by COVID. Although Laura's not a piano teacher, She spent many years on the bench with one. (laughs) I'm long overdue in sharing her comical, caffeinated insights into what makes us tick as human beings, and so I'm pleased to share the spotlight with her. In this episode, Laura gives you unforgettable names for the boundaries that keep you focused on the road ahead. And you'll like the clarity in her directions to the exit ramp off the road of trying to do it all. Something I know for a fact that us piano teachers like to do. But first, here's more about Laura. Laura Groot is the caffeinated woman. She loves to laugh, live out loud, drink good coffee, read good books, and eat great food. She's a motivated speaker and the author of the book, Live Wide Awake. Laura is a champion for caffeinated living. She encourages others to embrace their story lean into rough patches, and be present to God's healing and powerful presence. She has lived with both significant loss and abundant blessing, sometimes simultaneously. Her stories come from the quotidian life of a strong-willed daughter, an appreciative wife, an often unconventional mother, and a challenged pet owner. Her posture and openness to life reveal that she's never the expert, always the student. Now, here's Leela's interview with Laura. Today is a really special day because my good friend, <laughs> long-time friend, oh, Laura, is here with me today, and we're going to chat about life. And we're going to talk specifically about an event that happened in her life. I don't know, how long ago was it, Laura? What'd oh, you say? I would have to say probably 20 years. Okay, 20 years ago. Close to it. She had an epiphany. I did. Can you tell us what that was like for
1: you? Yeah, it was in Hawaii, which... That's where lots of things can happen, yes. but this particular epiphany happened when I was standing at the edge of the ocean, and I just acknowledged the fact that I am not a superhuman. What? That's true. <laughs> it's true. It was really hard to say out loud, but I was by myself, thankfully, so when I was talking to my superhuman self, uh-huh. I told her that she had been nice to know and she'd served me well and not so well and that it was really time for her to go. And so I told her to take a swim in the ocean and go as far as she could and really I never needed her to return. And, and has she returned? Um you know she shows up on occasion or sends a cousin I don't yeah. know <laughs> to try and you know to try and say hey should we reconnect? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just have always said, you know that sounds fun but It never really worked out that well for me, and then it took a lot of, uh, you know, work to learn how to live like a human and not a superhuman. Not a superhuman. And I'll tell you this: after doing a lot of years of work on Mm -hmm. that, is that it's a much better way to live. (laughs) So, uh, I would say that another way some people might describe themselves as superhuman would be like burning the candle at both ends mm-hmm. going mock speed with your hair on fire <laughs> I don't know that you know mm-hmm. the, the there probably are a lot of phrases you could use for that but if even saying to you you're not a superhuman sounds like a relief you're probably somebody who could go stand at the edge of something and tell it to go go ahead and swim away or walk away
0: well and I think about life right now. Right. We all have right. to pretend like we're all okay oh, with this. Yeah, I'm way beyond that. Right. And and so we're trying yeah. to live right. above right. how we're really feeling it's and true. feeling superhuman mm-hmm. and being okay with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about if we've decided that we are not going to be a superhuman anymore. We're right. just going to be a human. Yes. And uh, there is a phrase in your book that I love, right. it's not a human being... That most of us are, we are human doing. Right. And I love that. Yes. So let's talk about then how are we not, how are we going to avoid that cousin coming back to visit us? What are we going to do in order to remain a human being instead of a human doing and a superhuman? Right. Uh, I think part of that starts with some
1: healthy uh, people around you that might help you to figure out, or, or there are tools out there that can help you figure these things out too, who it is you really are. Mm. And in the process of finding out who you really are, there's also an important factor of acknowledging who you're really not. <laughs> <laughs> and on one hand, that sort of sounds funny, but once you figure out who you're really not, it's a relief for you to not have to keep trying to be somebody you're not. And there's a lot of, you know, this would be a long conversation to talk about how those voices, where those voices have come from, how long you've lived with them, um, how hard you've tried to be them. Uh, I describe myself and my mom as she's a rose and I'm a wildflower, (laughs) but it wasn't until about I was 40 years old that I finally figured out I was the wildflower, and <laughs> she was a rose. So I tried for a lot of years to be like the her, rose. which mm. she really is a rose. And if you're an Enneagram fan, which not everybody knows what it is. It's not a weird word. It is a weird word. Okay. <laughs> but if you're an Enneagram fan, just to to give you clarity on that, she was a one on the Enneagram. They're considered the perfectionist. I was a seven on the Enneagram. I'm an enthusiast. So the way that we are motivated by things, the way we show up in the world... The strengths we bring to the world, all of that was very different. I was also her first child. Uh, So, um, you know, she had a lot to learn too. But the more that I have become more aware and really come to understand who I am, what I'm good at, why I engage with the world, or what I like to say all the time is what makes me tick and what ticks me (laughs) off, (laughs) Uh, I have really enjoyed my life more and more the more that I've again, understood who I am, because I don't get myself in so much trouble of trying to uh, be somebody who I'm not, or do things that sound like fun to me, or that I'm willing to show up and do, or I want to help someone, you know, in in whatever it is that they're doing, or I want to take a job or something that sounds like it might be a good fit, or somebody just invites me to do because they like they think I'm a nice human or I'm fun, which I am. We'll just make <laughs> note of oh, that, yeah. uh-huh. right? But, but I can set myself up if I'm putting myself in a position where uh, I might be required, for an example, to do things that are very detail-oriented, that require... Um, Lots of follow through, attention to detail, timelines. Um, I will always drown. and <laughs> <laughs> and I did plenty of drowning, trying to do that until i be became really aware of like
0: that will never be a place where I will thrive. So did you make a list? Did you? Do uh, who I am and who I'm not, and you just made a list because I've seen that before. I love mm-hmm. this idea, too, is what am I going to a to do list and a not to do list? Yes. So it's kind of the same thing. Yes. and don't we fall into that trap of doing the things mm-hmm. that we really should not be doing, right? So you can talk about that in the context of being um, an employee,
1: or just at your house, or being a t- in this case, being a teacher, right, mm-hmm. And teaching your students. And I would say, in in the way of being and doing, the the list might look might start like this: the top ten things that are true about me, mm. and then you might write. Start with the top three things I can currently recognize (laughs) that are actually not really true about me. Mm -hmm. They might be harder for you to see, which is why I go back to saying a good place to start is with trusted people who know you well, that you love well enough and they love you well enough. So if they tell you something, you can receive that information Mm -hmm. in love. I would also go to, if you want a more neutral party, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is to use something like, And again, I'm a fan of the Enneagram because it has a lot of layers that you can get into over time, Mm -hmm. but there are plenty of um, explanations, again, for what motivates you to do the things you do and um, what you look like when you're in a healthy space versus an unhealthy space and why that is, and then how to come back to or grow towards um, being the healthiest, best version of who you are. Oh,
0: and let's go there. Yeah. Man, because let's go there. I feel like that is a really overused mm, phrase of yeah. the best version of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what I found in your book mm-hmm. and what I just recently heard somewhere else is the true version of yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we need to head. Because, yep. uh, as being a perfectionist, mm-hmm. I hear the word best. Oh, yeah, that's a trigger. And then that's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. That means that, oh, well, I always have to do my best. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't good enough. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's not the best version. It's the no, true, true version. version. And that's yes. when you find mm-hmm. what? Where you can coast, right? Right. Yeah, you feel like you're in your groove. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So maybe we can bring up this phrase that I like to use. Uh (laughs) And we talked about this a little ahead of time, but it's a really uh, clear visual for us to Mm -hmm. do this, which is to stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And you can apply the idea of staying in your lane in relationships, which is a really... Uh, great tool. You can apply staying in your lane in your work or to all of you who are piano teachers too you stay in your lane your your lane is never going to be to solve issues between your piano student and their parent because <laughs> they're having a thing today because uh-huh. there's a situation or a boyfriend like you might be a good listener for a while but they're not there for you to be a
0: counselor that's not your lane well i'll just let me just say though that okay. i i do want to do a podcast episode someday yeah about is it a bench or a couch well, because and we there, do fall into you that do. yeah, because you do we fall are one-on-one one mm-hmm. with students a, a mm-hmm. number of times. But yeah. you're right. It's not our business, but we right. can. So we have to stay in our lane. We have to yeah. find our boundaries, which you yeah. also used that word boundaries. Boundaries.
1: Yeah. And I would say, uh, if I go back to something I repeat, you know, said before and repeat it here, is to say maybe you can look at the lane markers as, again, what what is it that makes you tick? And what is it that ticks you off? So if you go outside of what makes you tick, um, you're probably going to put yourself in a position where you're working outside of, like the strength finder. That would be another fantastic tool to use to say, what is it that that I really bring to the world? What are the greatest strengths I bring to the world? And I, I truly love that too, because they're all about learning what those are, acknowledging what those are, right? Being aware of what those are, appreciating that about yourself, realizing that's an important thing you have to bring to the world in your own style at the age and ex- the age you are with the experience you've had, which is all very unique, right? And, and not to spend so much time trying to fix something mm-hmm. that you're never going to be you know, I am never going to be somebody's personal executive secretary. They'd be like, you are so fun. And you do a sh- a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible job being an executive secretary. Like none of the things are getting done. Right. But you're fun. And all mm-hmm. of our people
0: feel appreciated. <laughs> they, and to your point, I feel right. like I tried in my early part of the career to yes. be every kind of piano teacher possible because right. I just needed students to walk in the door. Right. And now I have the luxury yes. to figure out who I really want to yes. teach. Right. But to those who really have to cater to whoever comes mm-hmm. in their door, mm-hmm. you know, what are some things that we can can use then mm-hmm. to stay in our lane? How right. can we how can we set boundaries so we know we're staying in our lane? Right. Well, I would start with just keeping on remembering that you're a piano teacher. (laughs) So start, start with that. I mean, start with that.
1: And that of course, in the beginning of anything, one of the beautiful things about taking in all kinds of students is to realize like uh, what you're good at and what you like and what seems to be like you really gel when that happens or, um, and the opposite is true. Like, this just makes me run into a wall or want to bang my head on the piano keys when they leave, right? So you're going to learn a lot. I'm going to use this phrase too. It's, it's. I wrote a book called Live Wide Awake. And inside of the book, I teach pay attention practices. Mm. Now they're going to be more related to sort of the spiritual side of life. But the word paying attention... Uh, is very different than like listening or watching or looking because you're focused on something. So if you as a teacher who's taking starting out or you're you're taking all of the kids, pay attention to what seem what seems to come naturally for you, what seems to be a little bit easy for you, satisfying for you, exciting for you, meaningful to you, and pay attention to what is, like it just triggers something in you every time that you it makes you um, get angry or you you get real frustrated or annoyed or you think I don't want to see that student again and maybe it's not actually the student maybe it, maybe there's something else. Pay attention to those things and when the student leaves, write them down. Mm. Write down what's working, what's not. I am in the writing, speaking world and in, mm-hmm. in my own uh, caffeinated woman business and. One of the things that we talk about a lot is finding what is easy for you that's magic for other people.
0: Hmm.
1: so nice. as you uh, as you discover those things, so i would I would say that again, anytime you start something new, really, the f- the first year or two of it is a discovery season. Uh, and and you'll sort out what really is your wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. What's really in your lane? I, I don't use too many metaphors. Mm-hmm. So what really falls in your lane and where you can teach in your lane that doesn't make you have to get out of it too much, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And then you can start saying, I am a teacher who is good for this kind of a student um, to help them do this kind of a thing. We call it a, an X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. X is, I do this kind of teaching for this kind of student so they can do this kind nice. of creative work, mm-hmm. right? And that is going to come from interacting with uh, your own teaching tools, which of course, Leela provides you with a plethora <laughs> of relatable, creative. Uh, exciting. I'm not even a teacher. I was a longtime student, but I still really enjoy listening to that and thinking I probably would have stayed a student a lot longer. Mm. Uh, and probably have retained some of the things I've unfortunately, you know, more sort of memorized under uh, the guise of like, you have to know this by the end of this semester. And instead of it being really integrated into everything that you do as a creative Mm. uh, piano teacher, right? But you're still staying in your own lane, because you're not doing it, you know, Viss isn't doing it like Joe Smith isn't doing it like, you know, any chapter right you're you're all you're all doing your own thing and so you're going to relate to different kind of students differently which in the end you both succeed because you both have a similar outcome you want Mm -hmm. right so staying in your lane um, is going to help you both get to that outcome much simpler than you trying to for example we're going to use the word fix somebody Mm -hmm. else (laughs) because you would like them to do it the way that you do it. That never ends well. (laughs) And I'm just going to say, if you try to fix somebody else, go ahead. Like if you're in that business of fixing other people in the context, I'm I'm not talking to the world population here. Just saying, if you as a teacher are trying to fix your students or fix their parents (laughs) so that they can get the students to do what you've asked them to do so you can get to your desired goal, uh, you need to fire yourself. From that business, okay okay all yeah. right that's that's a piece of advice going okay. out to somebody out yes. there uh-huh. today and you're welcome that was free go buy my book that'd be great, but that was free for you today if you're in the fixing people business, fire
0: yourself fire yourself you'll be okay. so much
1: happier yeah. and if you're in the controlling people business, mm-hmm. which is slightly different than the fixing people business, okay. I also want to say um in a maybe a kinder way come back over into your lane Mm -hmm. and why don't you control the things you can control in your lane about your own life that is going to play out much nicer Mm. than the other thing
0: let me just segue a minute because i still remember Mm. i was reading the book by foster and klein oh um love and logic love and logic yes okay right maybe I'll have to double check that, okay. but I'm pretty sure it was that, and it was all about uh, giving your stu- your kids uh, tasks and paying them, f- paying them, for, and, oh, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. But it's the if then thing, the consequences. Oh, he, yeah. Instead of me getting emotionally upset because right. I didn't do something. Right. It's, well, you know, you didn't do it, so then you don't get or you, you don't get the privilege. Correct. Right, you right, don't right. get the privilege. The you don't have the consequence. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, <laughs> that book never really worked with my kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it did really work for me oh. because I stopped taking ownership of yes. my students' progress. Yes. Yes. Oh boy, that's and, some big stuff right there. Cr- and that that fixed me. I was yeah. done, and then my anger went away. Yeah, I didn't get upset when somebody didn't mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. practice. Like, okay, well, how can I practice with you? Jay? you know, what yeah. can we do? What what can we do to yeah. get you back on? Mm-hmm. And uh, that freed up so mm-hmm. much of my mm-hmm. emotional yes. baggage. Yes, and and so when you said, you know, the idea of we talked about this before when someone doesn't practice, right? And he continually never practices, right. he or she. We can get anxiety. We can yep. we can be upset, yep. and then but we're kind of used to that. But then when someone else comes in who usually practices and then doesn't, mm-hmm. and then our anger carries over to that yep. student, right? You know that's the that's what going in somebody else's lane, yeah. Correct, right? So we have to yeah. manage our expectations, which yep. I think we were going to talk yep. about is mm-hmm. we expect certain things mm-hmm. of students, but we got to turn the finger back towards us, yeah, and. Yep and figure out what we expect of ourselves first. Right. We'll be right back after this short message. Thanks so much for listening. If you leave a five-star rating or write a kind review, it really helps piano teachers just like you find key ideas. And your written reviews matter. I read every one. Now back to our conversation.
1: All of this comes back to, it could be a funky buzzword for people, but self-awareness, right? So healthy self-awareness of knowing who I am, who I'm not, what makes me tick, what ticks me off. Mm -hmm. Um, Paying attention to that in my own life does a lot of things. Number one, it makes us, um, the awareness makes us more accepting of ourselves and eventually makes us more appreciative of who we are and who we're not. And then that eventually translates to how we see other people like, oh, wait a minute, you're not superhuman either. <laughs> oh, and my student over here, you know, Johnny B, who never practices, and that frustrates me, but it keeps coming. And then Susie C over here practices all the time. But then that one time she came after Johnny B, and she didn't practice that week. I don't have to lose it with her or even treat her the same way because she's a different student and had a she had a week that mm-hmm. she didn't practice. Right. And and you will learn the kinds of things that you can calm yourself down or talk you remind yourself of, right? You'll have your own sort of healthy self-talk about like, okay, remember, this is Susie. It's not Johnny. It's gonna be okay. And and I'm gonna add this one little thing in here because as you were talking, it made me remember how important. When you're learning to pay attention, and again, you got to pay attention to yourself before you pay attention to other people. Mm -hmm. Because then if you don't know how it is that you're even creating some of the things, like how you're outside of your own lane, it's not going to help anybody else either. But when you pay attention, the number one best thing you can learn to do is ask questions instead of making statements. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So instead of saying, Johnny B, you didn't practice again. You need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G by next week. Johnny B, you didn't practice again. This is how you practice. And every week you're having this conversation instead of like, hey, Johnny B, I've noticed that for the past month, you've come in here every week and you haven't practiced. What's going on? Tell me about that. Oh, got some stuff going on at home. Do you want to talk about that? Maybe you need a couch that day and not a bench, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe right. there's a, maybe there's 10 minutes for the couch to be appropriate that you find out enough to say in the end, like, hey, well, how about would this work for you instead? Or right? So then you can come up with some things where they're involved to create a solution. Right. So again, that you stay in your lane, he stays in, but you both get to your intended um, outcome, your intended goal, instead of living off expectations that if you just keep telling him to do something, he's going to do what you expect. And that only
0: leads you to a place of being frustrated, which jumps into the fixing, controlling mm-hmm. correct outside of your lane. And I think we as teachers especially we force students into a lane. And that's because mm-hmm. we are told to conform. We're oh, yeah. we're sold method book after method book. Oh yeah. Oh, everybody's mm-hmm. using that one. I better use that one. Yep. And uh, and they do work. Yeah. But I've always said, I don't teach a method. I teach a human being. Yes. And yes. so that's ultimate. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, this is where we started, right? Yes. Is that we are human beings, not yes. human doings. Yes. And if, you're, if all of a sudden you're like, light bulb, that's good for me to live that way. All of a sudden you're going to look at your students that way too, right? Yeah. They are human beings, not human doings. Yeah. And what if that Johnny B someday comes back to you as a 50-year-old man and says to you, you know what? That was the light spot in my life Mm,
0: mm -hmm. every
1: week it was one place that was safe or fun or relaxing or i got to eat something there or you cared or whatever right maybe this is you don't know you don't know um so yeah methods are good i mean we we need we need some structure and all that systems also within the context of being human Mm -hmm. not super
0: human just human human you take the super away. Yeah, it's such a relief. It's an overused word anyway. It so. is, yeah. I heard three words that you keep saying. Yes. Well, if maybe more yeah, than three. three. Well, you've said quite a few words, but there's <laughs> ones that you've said now a couple of times, and I wrote them down. Okay. Accept, or I'm sorry, awareness, accept, mm-hmm. and appreciate. Yep, that's sort And of- it seems like those three are almost what we could call boundaries for yes. this lane that we're in. Yep. And yes. once we have those as our boundaries- Yep then we can peek over into other people's yep. lanes and yep. say hi yes. and wave. Yes. And maybe we can drive along together. Yes, we can, we can We
1: can have, our lanes can run side by side and not run <laughs> into each other. I mean, you can you can go down that car analogy all you want and know uh-huh. how that doesn't end so well. Yeah. And really it does, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. So if today you listen to this and you're like, oh, superhuman, that really, like I felt something in my gut or that made my heart beat fast. Um, Take some time and really like let like, listen to yourself. Pay attention to why that maybe hit you hard, or you know that you're a human being, not a human doing. Pay attention to that. And so we start with we start with paying attention to ourselves, and we start to become aware of how we're wired and what motivates us and what makes us cry, and all, all of these kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. And right now, all I would say universally, this is not a stretch. <laughs> we are mostly functioning on the verge of ourselves that we have now however long we're into all of the things that got weird real fast for everybody at the same time all over the whole world people that we've run out of reserves Mm. so it isn't people trying to look real good and say we're okay on the outside i don't uh, that's not even a fingernail with depth (laughs) for people anymore so i think realizing that at some level and maybe you won't like this word but we're all a little on the fragile side mm-hmm. and that we don't have a lot of reserves that if something you know trips me up a little bit I'm going to I don't have anything to fall back on and we're really kind of all there mm-hmm. right and so maybe this is the best time in life to take some time to really be aware of even in the season, what's been really hard for you? What's been really helpful for you? Um, that's going to tell you a lot of information that will take you into life when this is all over. Mm-hmm. But also when you're, so you start with that, you start with that about yourself. And then as you realize this about yourself, some things you like, some things you won't, that's okay, is that you You start to appreciate that about yourself or mm-hmm. accept that about yourself. That, that comes second is you accept it, like this is fact, and that is followed by appreciation, and the appreciation uh, of yourself is it. It takes some work to get there to say, you know, I really love being somebody who can walk into a room and talk to a stranger. I'm really, I really love being somebody that can put anybody at ease. Um, there are plenty of things I can't do that I wish I could that I admire in other people, but you know what? They get to bring that to the world, and I get to bring something else. And then we take those things, the awareness, the acceptance, and then the appreciation, which is such a sweet gift to ourselves. And we apply that to the people who ride in the lanes beside us, our students, our spouses, our children, our neighbors, our (laughs) in-laws, our sisters, right? Our coworkers, Mm -hmm. our fellow volunteers, the people we go to the gym with, people we go to church with, people in positions of authority, shall we just say that, right? We We can stay in our lane by applying what we do to ourselves to them too whether or not we do life very differently agree or disagree um, we don't have to change or fix them or control them we just get to take good care of ourselves and then we can be people who take really good care of others and the work that we're given to do right we take really good care of what we've been given to you know bring into the world right? Right. I mean we all have something and these young people oh I suppose some of you teach like older folks middle-aged you know, middle yeah. of the road folks like me, or maybe oh, even yeah. older folks, right? So it's not just taking care of the younger people in the world, but really, you you really gift um, you you gift lives, you gift human beings with what it is if you are a healthy human and um, model that for them too at any stage of their life. And we get to
0: teach the music, which is music! you know. It's the balm of the world. It is. Oh, Oh, goodness. It is. It's the balm. So I'm just now realizing that I didn't ask you three questions that I like to ask. Please do. So the very first one is, name your favorite movie soundtrack. Sound of Music. Oh, very good. (laughs) A plus on that one. Yes. Two of my favorite things. (laughs) Yes. And your next question is... What book could you not teach without? Now you're not a piano teacher, but you are a teacher in a lot of ways. I
1: am. Mm -hmm. I'm probably more of a a mentor guide director, but Mm -hmm.
0: yes, I would say
1: I would have to say two. Okay. I know you only said one, but the first one is the living word of God, because so much of what I do comes from there whether or not i'm using that directly i'm always Mm -hmm. using it indirectly and secondly is a book that i love because at some point of discovering who i was and what my lane is i learned that i'm a creative and so the book walking on water by madeline engel is a must have must read Mm, can't wait
0: to read yeah
1: that would be good for any piano teacher too
0: you're all creatives. Mm -hmm. And then um, the third one is what's one fail in your life that turned into a win? I would say
1: um, I didn't finish college. And I carried that around like a brick in my backpack for so many years that I didn't finish college. And so somehow I didn't have anything worthy to bring into the world because I didn't have a degree. And it turns out that I got to experience a lot of different things and figure out what makes me tick, what takes me off, and what what I have to bring to the world that the world needs. You know, my little piece, my gift that I get to bring to the world. And, um, you know, it's taken a lot of years, but at this point, I love what it is. And I'm glad for all the things I've been able to do, the huge variety of things I've been able to do in my life um, that uh, have brought me brought me to this place.
0: Well, Laura, I can't thank you enough for oh, being here. It's, it's a huge Fun. treat. There's oh, just no so kidding. many levels to this conversation <laughs> that we could yeah. go into yes. and we'll just stop it there for right okay. now and right. you'll have to come back. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining me. Yes, it's been great. Bye. Have you taken an Enneagram test? It's on my list. Can you see why Laura calls herself the caffeinated woman? And speaking of lists, I challenge you to write down who you are and who you are not. Then head to the show notes at leelavis.com keyideas key ideas to learn more about Laura. Make sure to visit her site and look for the link to her book, Live Wide Awake. I leave you with Laura's suggestions for finding your true, not the best, your true version of yourself. Focus on being human and not doing human. Pay attention and stay in your lane. (laughs) I look forward to seeing you on the highway and, of course, in the trenches too.